Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is Parareality Radio. I'm Sandman, and I'll be your host for the next hour this evening. Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Parareality Radio. Well, it's Monday, December the 3rd, 2012, and that means, of course, that it's time for another episode of your favorite paranormal radio talk show, Parareality Radio. Got a very interesting show for you tonight because I'm going to be talking about a little known uh, side note or footnote, if you will, in the world of ufology. Now, if you're a diehard ufologist, you're, you'll know what I'm talking about. You've probably heard of this, done some research into it. But if you're not a big ufologist, or if you just don't keep up with things like this, you'll probably have never heard of it. I'm going to be talking about Vrilon of the Ashtar Galactic Command. Now, you're probably asking Sandman, what the hell is the Ashtar Galactic Command and who is this Vrilon person? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about on the show, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about it here. The Ashtar Galactic Command is an extraterrestrial organization whose existence and purpose is asserted by contactees, New Age believers, and channelers, if you will, including uh, an American ufologist named George Van Tassel. The command consists of several named beings with distinctly defined roles. Now, the aforementioned Vrilon, who is a purported representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, was the name used by an unidentified voice who broadcast on the Hannington transmitter of the Independent Broadcasting Authority in the United Kingdom for six minutes at 5.10 p.m. on Saturday, November 26, 1977. So we're coming up on the, what, 25th year? Anniversary? No, 35th year anniversary. I can't do math, obviously. <laughs> Let's see, 77, 87, 97. Oh, wow. It, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Is it 87, 97, 2007? Yep, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, 35 year anniversary of this thing. Now, the voice, which was disguised and accompanied by a deep buzzing, broke into the broadcast of the local ITV station, uh, Southern Television, overriding the audio signal of the early evening news from ITN. And what the voice was doing, this Rillon person, was warning viewers of, and this is a quote coming from what he said, the destiny of your race so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid a disaster which threatens your world and the beings on other worlds around you. And that's just a very small quote from this six-minute broadcast. The broadcast is, like I said, just basically a footnote in the world of ufology, and it doesn't really represent a particularly significant development in pirate television broadcasting. Uh, Pirate television broadcasting really didn't reach its boom until around 1984. So 
we're several years ahead of that. Um, almost 10, so what, seven years ahead of that. Now, was this really an alien being who interrupted the television transmission on that fateful November night in 1977, or was it all just an elaborate hoax perpetrated by individuals with advanced equipment for that time period? Well, I'll present the evidence, and I'll even let you listen to the actual message from Vrilon himself, and I'll let you make up your own mind. But first of all, before we get into the show, let me tell you how you can get in contact with me, because there are a few different ways here. First of all, I can always be reached on Yahoo Messenger by using my screen name, which is GreyDragon98. That's G-R-E-Y-D-R-A-G-O-N with the number 98 tacked on to the end of it. As I always tell you, if you're not already on my contact list, please let me know that you listen to the show whenever you send me a friend request. Otherwise, I will decline your invitation or I will ignore your message uh, just simply because, unfortunately, Yahoo is uh, a haven for instant message spammers now who want people to go to their website and pay to see them take their clothes off and other such stuff, which I'm not going to do. And by the way, if you instant message me and say, hey, I listened to your show, by the way, do you want to come to my website and watch me take my clothes off and pay for it? I'm still not going to do it. Okay, so you're, you're wasting your time. I do not want to pay to see you take your clothes off. That's, uh, I'm a cheapskate, let's put it that way. If you want to do it for free, then we'll talk, but I ain't paying to watch it. <laughs> not a, not one dime. Also, it's probably a little bit more than what you guys want to know. Okay. You know how sometimes you just say things, and then after, as soon as it gets out of your mouth, you're like, wow, it was probably a bad idea. That just happened right there. Okay, so <clears throat> another way you can get in contact with me is by uh, sending me an email. My email address is sandman at parareality.com, or you can also just uh, go to my website, which is www.parareality.com. I'm also available on Facebook. Uh, if you're not a Facebook friend and you do have Facebook, which it seems like 99.9% .9 of the Internet does, uh, then if, if you, should, you should friend me on Facebook. If you listen to the show and you're on Facebook, Please friend me. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Sandman.Parareality. Finally, you can still call the studio line anytime, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. The number is 615, area code. Then dial 692-1170 and leave a message. That number to call once again is 615-692-1170. Now, if you're going to call and leave a message, just be aware that I may play your comment back on the show. I may also answer the phone as well. You never know because uh, I'm always in the studio working and you just actually may catch me there. The show used to be live. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, uh, especially back when it was on the Live 365 network, we know that I used to broadcast the show live, but now I'm not. Currently, at the time, I'm doing podcasting. Uh, maybe in the 
in the near future, maybe after the first of the year, who knows, I may uh, start doing a regular live show. But as of right now, the show is pre-recorded. So calling me is not necessarily going to get you on the air to talk about the current topic of the day because it will have already passed and you'll be listening to something that happened in the past. That was really great, too. Oh, my God. Not on it tonight, am I? <laughs> maybe instead of a... Drinking the usual Mountain Dew that I always drink. Maybe I should be uh, putting some spirits or something in. But I'm not a drinker, so that wouldn't do me any good. But... So anyway, those are all the ways that you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Pure Reality Radio. Uh, people want to know why do I give out my Yahoo Instant Messenger and my phone number and stuff when I'm not doing a live show anymore. Well, because I'm always in the studio working, it seems like. Um, are doing something with the show, doing something with the website, doing some research, trying to get some guests or corresponding with someone, whatever. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in the studio. So you never know when, you know, if you might catch me or not. I mean, if I'm in the studio, I've got the computer on and I've got my, my IM pulled up. So you may just be able to get a chance to, you know, chat with me off the air and we could probably have some really good conversations. I've had a lot of good conversations with fans of the show back once again when I was on Live 365. Uh, I've had a lot of good conversations with fans of the show who would uh, get me on the instant messengers whenever I wasn't even on the air. So you never know. And same thing with, with calling me on the phone. Uh, not a lot of people uh, really use the phone line but that's I, probably because it's not a 1-800 number. But hey, you know what? Uh, I don't have that kind of budget, you know. So um, you never know. You never know when you're going to catch me. So anyway, those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me, like I said. Yahoo Messenger, GreyDragon98. Email me, Sandman at Parareality.com. Facebook, which is Sandman.Parareality. By the way, when you... If, if, when you, uh, if you happen to go to my Facebook page, you can find out a lot of stuff that's not on the website. That's more, uh, uh, I guess, personal related about some things that I may have going on. Um, there'll be some videos that I may post there that I will not post on the website. Uh, stuff of that nature. So you know, you, you can friend me on Facebook and find out a little bit more behind the scenes and a little bit more about. Sandman here. And also, studio line 615-692-1170. Well, let's see. That has wasted about uh, the first 12 minutes of the show, as usual. So uh, I'm going to take a little break here and play some music, uh, some alien-themed music, since we're talking about alien stuff. And then I will be back, and we'll start talking about Vrillon of the Ashtar Galactic command.
This is Parareality Radio, your information source for all things paranormal. Join your host Sandman and his roster of special guests, experts, and experiencers as they explore the realms of the known and the unknown. New shows broadcast the first Monday of every month at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Listen online at parareality.com. Turn on. Tune in. And find out. All right, we're back, and we're going to be talking about the Ashtar Galactic Command. More specifically, going to be talking about the uh, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command who made his uh, appearance in 1977, a person or entity or extraterrestrial by the name of Frillon. On Saturday, November 26, 1977, 10 minutes after 5 p.m. in the United Kingdom, a mysterious voice who called himself 
Vrilon of the Ashtar Galactic Command performed an illegal broadcast on live television during the height of an evening news program. The transmission lasted for over five minutes. This weird electronic voice accompanied by a, a, a strange pulsating sound and echoes and eerie distortions overrode the normal audio broadcast signal in order to recite a, a quite lengthy statement warning viewers of an impending global disaster should humanity continue on its present course. The hijack did not affect the video portion of the news broadcast and the illegal voice transmission was I'm not going to say superimposed because it wasn't that would imply a, a visual thing but the illegal voice transmission was it replaced the existing audio as the voice continued it became clear that the being had a clear and familiar message to humanity which was change your ways or prepare for destruction. As it concluded, broadcasters were left with an obvious mystery on their hands. Who or what had tampered with the signal? Who was Vrilon? And just exactly what in the hell was the Ashtar Galactic Command? Now Vrilon had made a reference to something that was interesting. It was a subtle callback to the UFO field dating back to July 18, 1952. Vrilon of the Ashtar Galactic Command was building on the UFO mythology described by a medium in the United States by the name of George Van Tassel. Van Tassel described his method of channeling as a process of utilizing superior alien technology in the California desert. Vrilon apparently answered to the same Ashtar that had warned Van Tassel of an upcoming hydrogen bomb experiment. Now near the end of what authorities have termed as a rogue transmission, parts of cartoon dialogue can be heard including the Looney Tunes theme song, the sounds of an explosion, strange chatter, and other various and sundry noises. And that goes on actually for quite some time after Vrilon finishes his dissertation. The illegal broadcast was investigated by UK authorities who were unable to determine the source of the signal or who might have sent it. It's assumed that the broadcast was a hoax perpetrated by someone who sent a signal powerful enough to override the station's VHF transmitters, but in the past 30 years, no one has ever claimed responsibility for the hijack. My own research into this incident revealed that an unnamed group of students were suspects at one point, but no evidence beyond mere suspicion was ever offered to support that theory. Another suspect was a person with connections to the British broadcast industry who was known as the Cosmic Cowboy and who may have been assisted by a, uh, uh, a group of what they termed back then hippie friends. Again, there's no proof for that assertion either. It would later be confirmed that five major transmitters were hijacked simultaneously 
which was a rather spectacular feat at the time and would have required considerable transmitting power and a coordinated terrestrial effort. The event caused panic in some parts of the local population for people who believed that the transmission was actually coming from an alien civilization. Because this incident occurred over 30 years ago, it's all but faded from the memory of most people and remains primarily of interest to ham radio enthusiasts and those who study UFO history and ufologists. The person or entity or extraterrestrial responsible for the transmission has never been heard from again. Now a little note here. The exact name of the alien identified in the opening of the transmission is actually, even after all of this time, 35 years, is still open to debate. According to the few sources available on this incident, the name of the speaker is given variously as Vrilon, Gilon, Glon, Brahma, or Grama. Since the present consensus opinion and written record seems to lean toward using the name Vrilon, I have chosen to use that name as well. And Vrilon, everyone is spelling Vrilon, V-R-I-L-L-O-N, 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 Vrilon, hey! B-R-I-L-L-O-N, Vrilon. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe I shouldn't have been drinking the Mountain Dew before I started. I just, you know, you know how I am. I go off on stuff sometimes. <laughs> God, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at, right? So, the Ashtar Galactic Command, or Ashtar Command, is an extraterrestrial organization whose existence and purpose is asserted by contactees, New Age believers, and channelers, including ufologist George Van Tassel, as I've already, already said at the beginning of the show. It consists of several named beings with distinctly defined roles. Now, originally, the singular Ashtar transitioned into the collective Ashtar Command by a channeler named Robert Short who was coincidentally a friend of Van Tassel and editor of a 1950s UFO magazine called Interplanetary News. Two of the most prolific channelers published the messages they received under the adopted names Tuella and Tuetta. If I'm pronouncing that right, Tuella, T-U-E-L-L-A, and Tuetta, T-U-I-E-T-A. No, I'm not going to start making little... I'm not going to start singing. I'm not going to start doing Yeah, Sorry. So you have some coincidences here with the George Van Tassel thing. First of all, he was supposedly seven years earlier contacted by someone from Ashtar or someone named Ashtar and given information about an atomic explosion. A friend of his, Robert Short, who just so happened to be an editor of a UFO magazine, was also a quote-unquote channeler and also 
received messages from Ashtar, except he said that it's not a singular person, that Ashtar is actually a command, an, an Ashtar command, an organization, the Ashtar Galactic Command. So you got a, a couple of weird coincidences there, but that I don't think has anything to do with the 1977 um, incidents, incident in the UK. Uh, I think that that incident, it drew upon what was going on or created by Van Tassel and Short. Uh, I think that they profited from each other. Uh, it's just too much of a coincidence that both of them were quote-unquote channelers and one of them had a UFO magazine. It was a publisher of a UFO magazine. That just kind of, it's a little too convenient for me. So you fast forward to 1977, and now you've got somebody claiming to be a representative from the Ashtar Galactic Command, specifically calling themselves Vrilon, as we are thinking that the person is saying, referencing a little bit of stuff about the Van Tassel short thing with the Ashtar Galactic Command, or Ashtar Command, or just Ashtar, depending on how you want to say it. Now, I'm going to let you listen before I make any more comments about this and give any more speculation. I don't want to taint anybody's um, I don't know how, how can I, I don't want to taint anyone's view or opinion of this. I, I don't want to plant anything into anyone's head about what my belief is. This is, and I don't want, want to say, okay, now this is what he's really saying. You know, it's kind of like the EVP thing. You know, if you can't make out what an EVP says, and then someone says, well, it's saying this, then you actually hear it. You know, uh, that can that can screw things up. I want you to listen to this this broadcast with an open mind, because I I am gonna play it for you here in just a minute, and I want you to listen really closely, and I want you to see if you notice some of the same things that I did, which I, after it's over with, after the broadcast, after you listen to it, I'm going to tell you my opinion on it and talk about some strange things that I have noticed in it. Um, I don't think that I've got the whole broadcast as far as, I don't think you're going to hear uh, all of the uh, Looney Tunes and all the other strange noises. Um, but, but you may have to, but to tell you the truth, I, I haven't listened to it in a few days. Um, I know that, that it's what I have is uh, five minutes and 45 seconds long. And I think the actual broadcast was uh, a little over six minutes, but uh, I, I could be wrong on this. But anyway, it's, it's, you, you have, I want you to listen with an open mind. I want you to listen very closely. If you need to turn your speakers up or put a pair of headphones on, which I highly recommend doing, I put a pair of headphones on. And and turn the volume up just a little bit because this is really hard to make out. Um, not because of anything other than that's how it was broadcast. I mean, I could probably put it through some of my equipment and make it more clear and everything like that. But you know what? I want you to hear it as it was broadcast because that's how I first heard it. 
I've heard enhanced versions and everything, and I've got transcripts of it. Um, and if you want a transcript of it, just email me, sandman at pairreality.com, and ask me to send you the transcript of what it's saying, and I will be more than happy to send you the transcript of what everyone believes that Vrilon is saying. So once again, uh, I'm, I'm trying to ramble enough to give you some time to find your headphones, dig them out. If you don't have time to dig your headphones out, the very minimum, turn your speakers up, and then later on, replay the show when it gets to this point, you know, put your headphones on, find them first. Okay, so here we are. We're going to be listening to the uh, Vrilon of the Ashtar Galactic Command from 1977. Here we go. Turn your speakers up. Put your headphones on. Turn volume up. Here we are. The Rhodesian Nationalist leader, Bishop Abel Muzarewa, has accepted Mr. Smith's offer to negotiate an internal settlement based on one man, one vote. But, he says, there are conditions. These include stopping the execution of all captured prisoners of war, allowing the vote to take the negotiation, being arrested. In Australia, Mr. Kerry Packer's cricketers are still pleased this is the voice of Grimaud, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. For many years you have seen us as knights and as servants. We speak to you now, we send us as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to know you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world and the beings on other worlds around you. This is in order that you may share and great awakening as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. The new age can be a time of great peace and evolution for your race, but only your rulers are made to take forces and cannot handle their judgments. Be still now and rest, or your chance may not come again. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past, and the race of which you are a part may proceed to the higher stages of its evolution, if you show yourselves worthy to do this. You have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. Small groups all over the planet are learning this, and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. You are free to accept the rejected Many go as wide as they Then they run out. Here now, the voice of Rilong, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. Be aware also that there are many false habits and guides at present operating on your world. They will suck your energy from you, the energy you call money, and will put it to evil ends, giving you worthless dross in return. But your divine self will protect you from this. You must learn to be sensitive to the voice of things, 
We understand that viewers in some parts of the region are receiving a breakthrough in sound. We're sorry about this, and we're doing our best to rectify the fault. Okay, so that actually was the whole entire thing with, with the ending with the Looney Tunes and stuff like that. So it was very interesting, I think, uh, number one, because it happened in 1990, or 1977, and someone you know, had the technology to do that then, or supposedly they did. What I find very fascinating, one of the things that I find very fascinating is the background pulse, the Now, I don't know if that is something that's going on because of the interruption in the transmission, or if that was something that was planned, if it was hoaxed, to make the transmission seem more eerily or otherworldly. But if you noticed, it was very steady. It was there, very obvious. But when the transmission ended and the, the regular audio was restored, as it started ending, the pitch and the, the intensity and the closeness together of the pulses it, 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 it increased. So it went from a 
and then regular audio was restored. So I'm wondering if that wasn't because of whatever equipment was being used to um, interrupt the audio transmission. So that was the whole entire thing. Once again, it was it's kind of hard to understand, but I do have the transcript if you want it. Once again, just email me, sandmanaparareality.com, and I will email you the transcript from Drillon's speech. Now, let's kind of break it down just a little bit. The first and foremost obvious thing about this, and if you haven't picked up on this yet, I would be quite frankly shocked and disappointed at the same time. But what does it remind you of? What is the first thing that this whole thing reminds you of? Okay, what, what does he say? We speak to you now in peace and wisdom as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world and the beings in our worlds around you. This is in order so that you may share the Great Awakening as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. Okay, so that was part of what he was saying at the very beginning. So what... What does that, really quickly, what does that remind you of? I'll give you five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Time's up. The day the earth stood still. Everybody remembers that movie, right? The day the earth stood still. One of the greatest science fiction movies of all time. And I'm referring to the original, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Not that stinker that Canoe Reeves done back in, when was it, 2008 or whenever the hell they they redid that Jesus Christ I was so looking forward to that movie and it was so bad ah, I just love the original and I wish I had never seen the remake anyway that's what it reminded me of anyway the, the very first time that I listened to this broadcast and then I, I read the transcript I'm like Jesus Christ it sounds like someone was uh, you know reading from the script of the day the earth stood still. And I can't remember exactly right off the top of my head when that was made, but it was sometime in the 50s, I believe. So there was plenty of time. You know, the movie was widely known by then. You're talking about 20-something years later. So that's the very first thing that comes to my mind is, ah, it's a take on the day the earth stood still. <coughs> Excuse me. The next thing that I find very interesting is that Vrillon happens to have a British accent and this was broadcast in the UK. Hmm, coincidence there? Well, depends on how you look at it, I guess. If you subscribe to the theory that it was a hoax, then obviously the hoaxers were British because they were in the UK. So, naturally, Vrillon would have a British accent. But if you subscribe to the theory that, oh my God, this was a real true-to-life extraterrestrial trying to tell us something, then why would he be talking in a British accent? An alien with a British accent. That's What a coincidence that is, right? Well, 
if he's broadcasting just to the people in the UK, and they're obviously uh, an advanced society, an advanced race, and have this capability to interrupt the, the transmission, then why not speak in a accent that people would be familiar with? That makes perfectly good sense to me. If you're this advanced extraterrestrial race and can do all these great and mysterious and wonderful things, then obviously you can learn our language and uh, speak it and... Why not speak it in an accent that people are familiar with? Therefore, a British accent. Okay, so here's the next thing. My goodness, it's a real-to-life extraterrestrial, and he interrupted the television transmission. Well, why did he do it just in the UK, just on that one station? How come it wasn't all over the world? We're talking about an advanced alien race, right? If they can do it with just one television station, certainly they can do it all over the world, right, at the same time. After all, wasn't that what happened in the day the Earth stood still? Do you remember that? They, they, they cut off all power and forms of transportation, every piece of machinery and equipment. Cars stopped, elevators stopped, power went out, telephones went out except for power and hospitals stayed on. Airplanes, they didn't fall out of the sky, they kept on flying. So why, why wouldn't, if, if Rilon is from the Ashtar Galactic Command and they have this capability to interrupt one television station, why couldn't they do it all over the world? Makes sense that if you're an advanced alien race, or a civilization, as I've been saying, you've got the capabilities to do it, right? Well, okay. So, uh, if they did that, then they would have to speak simultaneously in a language that everyone would understand. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's a good point. So, why not do it at separate times on television stations and radio stations all over the world in different languages? different times of the day. I mean, come on, there's there's so many things that could be done. I just don't understand why, if this really was an alien civilization, if this Vrilon person really was of the Ashtar Galactic Command, how come he just did it on one radio station, or one television station, one time? He did it that once, never ever heard from again. Now, another thing that I think is very interesting that I think is kind of a telltale sign that this could be a hoax is the fact that he mentions that the world is coming into the age of Aquarius. Well, surprise here, okay? Uh, the age of Aquarius was uh, something that was talked about in the in the 1970s. And you know, there was that song, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that was very popular. Um, just from the research that I have done, and I'm not an astrologist, okay, so if I misquote this, please feel free to let me know that I am wrong. Just don't be a, a dick about it, you know. Everybody is can, can be wrong, even you, okay. But just from what I have read, it's either one of two things. Either the age of Aquarius really doesn't officially begin until like the year 2150-something or 30-something, something like that. Or the other standpoint on that is no one really knows when the edge of Aquarius starts. One of the two, 
okay? But regardless of the fact, uh, the age of Aquarius really isn't, wasn't going on then, and it isn't now. Just from what little bit of research that I did, of course, I could be wrong because, once again, not an astrologer, don't claim to be. I fully admit that my, my information may be faulty, or it could be faulty. So if I am, please feel free to let me know, and I will correct myself on my next show, I promise you. Okay? So that kind of is a telltale sign of the times. Okay? So what do we have that indicates that it could be legitimate? So far, I've just talked about things that, oh, you hear my creepy clock chiming in the background, nine o'clock as I'm doing this. I know you can hear it because this microphone is super duper sensitive. So those were things that, those were, were clues or evidence that it could have been a hoax. But what do we have that it wasn't a hoax? What do we have that says, hey, this could be a legitimate thing? Well, really, in my opinion, there's only one thing that points to this thing being uh, legitimate. It's the fact that back in 1977, the technology to interrupt an audio transmission on a television station simply just did not exist to the point where a single individual could have done it. It, it would have had to have been someone who had access to a ton of sophisticated equipment and it would have had to have been a coordinated attack. It would have had to have been done by, by a group of people. Now, as I've already said in my research that uh, there were groups of people who were suspected, a group of quote-unquote hippies, you know, uh, were suspects, a, a group of students were suspects at one point. Uh, but there's never really been any um, evidence that pointed that these people were anything more than suspects. So it would take a lot of, of knowledge. It had to have been someone with inside knowledge on how television broadcasting worked, specifically the audio portion of that. And it would have had to have been someone who had access to a ton of sophisticated equipment and would have had to have been done, I think, by a group of people. Um, th did the technology exist? It certainly did exist, but you basically had to work for a television station to have access to the, the equipment. The regular civilian did not go down to, in 1977 to Radio Shack, buy the stuff, solder it together, and sit in his garage and hack the television station's audio. It just didn't happen back then. And I'm not even sure that it could have happened back then. Now, granted, you know, there was obvious technology in the 1970s to broadcast audio and video, and that was a VHF station. I mean, obviously, we had that capability, but I just don't think the average Joe 
whose hobby it was to, you know, tinker with radio and television equipment in his garage. I just don't think that he could do that. So that's my one big supporting piece of evidence that it could have been an actual alien transmission. Maybe the the Ashtar Galactic Command, maybe they just, you know, maybe their technology wasn't enough to broadcast like what I was saying all over the world at the same time or, or maybe they didn't have enough power to do it more than once I don't know but regardless Vrillon's never been heard from again nor has the Ashtar Galactic Command as far as I know so it's a mystery that will probably never be solved and I certainly don't expect to solve it in this hour-long radio broadcast but it's still a mystery nonetheless and it's a very interesting one at that. Like I said, by now, 35 years later, it's nothing more than just a simple footnote to ufology, but I think it's one that needs to be brought back into the limelight. I think it needs to be looked at again, and I think some more serious research needs to be done into finding out just exactly who or what Vrillon of the Ashtar Galactic Command was. Well, that wraps up the show for this evening. I certainly hope that you enjoyed it. Let me know what you thought about it by sending me an email to sandman at parareality.com. Also, please remember to visit the website, www.parareality.com. When you're there, you can find out information about me, the upcoming show, and, of course, you can listen to the show from there as well. Also, don't forget to look me up on Facebook at sandman.parareality. You can listen to the show from Facebook as well, and you can also find out more about what's going on in the world of Parareality. And by the way, at Parareality.com, you also have the ability to listen to past shows from my days on Live 365 and WRFN. I broadcast the current version of Parareality Radio on the first Monday of every month. You can listen to new replays of the Live 365 shows on the second Monday of every month. And the third Monday of every month, I will upload old WRFN shows. So there's always something new, just about something new every week to listen to on parareality.com. Everybody, my next show, well, you know, people have been asking me, Sandman, are you going to do an end of the world show because the end of the world is coming up? December the 21st, 2012 is the end of the Mayan long count calendar. Are you going to be doing anything? You haven't mentioned it. There's been no mention of a show or anything. Yes, I am going to do a show about the Mayan long count calendar and the end of the world. I'm going to do actually a live broadcast, which will be on... December the 20th, 2012. I believe that's on a Thursday evening. So here's what I have planned. Thursday evening, December the 20th, 2012, at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard U.S. Time, I'm going to be doing a live two-hour show about the end of the world on December the 21st, 2012, which just so happens to be the predicted Mayan end of the long count calendar, and also the beginning of the winter solstice. I think that's a little coincidence, and I'll be talking about that on the show. 
So that's when my next show is going to be. It'll actually be my first live show since I've come back on the air. So it's going to be December the 20th. That's Thursday, December 20th, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard U.S. Time. Two hours about the end of the world on Friday, December 21st, 2012. And in addition to that, on Friday, December the 21st, 2012, if everything works out like I have it planned, various times throughout the day, I will be doing live broadcasts out and about in the Nashville area. I'll be trying to interview some people live on the streets and see what they think about the end of the world coming on that day. I don't have an exact time or anything for that yet, but I will announce those times on the December 20th show. So that's the big announcement. Next show is going to be live on Thursday, December 20th, 2012 at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard U.S. time. Two-hour show about the end of the world on December 21st, 2012. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope this radio program opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way that you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you again on December the 20th, Thursday, December the 20th, 2012, at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard U.S. Time. I'm Sandman, everybody. Turn on, tune in, and find out on December 20th. I'll leave you with a little madness by the muse.
Take 